Good morning. So here we are again, uh, looking at this, another passage in the, our wilderness wanderings of the Israelites. I'm uh, in my home in a little study, doing things, things differently, sat down with notes everywhere, so hopefully it will all come together well for us this morning. I've chosen this passage that you've just heard read about Bezalel and Oholiab, or Oholiab uh, because I've always found it interesting. I found it provocative and hopefully this morning, you know, together we can find a, a few little somethings that might help us in our journey, whether we're wandering or not. So just to give you a bit of background to the, the, the passage, you know, and set the scene, we're still quite early on in our wilderness wanderings. We haven't left Egypt all that long ago. And uh, this story is set just after Moses has received the, the Ten Commandments. While he was up Mount Sinai, he was up there for about 40 days. Unbelievably, uh, the Israelite nation started saying, we can't cope with this. We want, we want idols to worship. And they asked Aaron to, to sort that out for them. And unbelievably, Aaron said, OK, and did it. So they built an idol. Uh, Moses came down the, the, the mountain and was really annoyed. And to be honest, God up the mountain was really annoyed as well. And um, the next event, as you see, that Moses smashes the Ten Commandments and rants at the people. And there's lots of problems. And he has to go back up and get another, another set of commandments from God. And while he's up there chatting with God, God tells him all about the plans to build the tabernacle, this mobile temple, this place where they will worship him uh, for the next X number of, of, of years, hundreds of years. And, uh, and then we arrive at this passage. And uh, I just want to just pick up a, a couple of points from the, this passage that I think, you know, we can reflect on uh, together and hopefully. Um, you can reflect on yourself in your own time. And this is where, where Moses is telling the people what, what God has, has told him. And so I just want to just read again verses 30 and 31 that you just heard read. And it said, Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Ur, the, the, from the tribe of Judah, and has filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability and knowledge, in all kinds of crafts, to make artistic designs for works in gold, silver, and bronze. So we read there, and we also read in, in verse 34, that he also gave Oholiab the ability to teach others these things as well. And I find this little verse here amazing and, and really exciting. I don't know about yourself, but I often find in church we focus on what we call the spiritual gifts um, of, you know, of evangelism, prophecy and preaching or interpretation of tongues or whatever it may be. But God is interested in every type of gift, in all gifts, in all types of craft, in all types of joinery. Now, this is not just a sermon for the likes of Chris Stevens or, or, or Dave Griffiths or MDLs with these phenomenal talents. This is a sermon for, for us all to think about. I've always said that the, the difference between spiritual gifts and natural gifts is that one type is given to God at birth and one type is given from God after birth. But really, 
outside that, there is no difference. You know, we're told in First Corinthians, you know, that, that they're, they're there to, to build the church up and to extend God's kingdom. But we're told, and this is, I find it really interesting, that, that in, in the, our chapter, in verse 2, it says, Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. The last bit of that verse I find really, really provocative and was willing to come and do the work. And I'm really challenged that that verse is in there because that verse means that there were some people that were given gifts by God, supernatural gifts, they're all supernatural gifts that are given by God, but who weren't willing to come and do the work. Which is unbelievable that they were there one day, unable to do this kind of stuff, unable to do the embroidery, to, to cast, you know, silver or gold or to make these curtains or to make the wood into all different things. And God gave them this gift and they thought, well, this is great. I could build a house. I can make some clothes. I can do whatever I want. But they weren't willing to follow the call of Moses, the call of God, and to come and do the work. We don't know why. Maybe they were still grumbling about a lack of food. Maybe they were just mourning that God expects them to do the work. Why can't he do it himself? Uh, maybe they just thought, oh, I've got these great gifts now. I can make money from it. But whatever the reason, there were these people that missed out in working with their fellow Israelites in the building of the tabernacle. And yet there was those who did get involved. You know, in Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 5, Solomon looks back to this time, but 500 years later, and he talks about Bezalel building the Ark of the Covenant. So here's a quiz question for you for later on in your life when you're at church quizzes. Who was it that built the Ark of the Covenant? Bezalel. And 500 years after he did it, Solomon talks about him. I wonder if you'll be talking about my sermons 500 hours after I've given it. Never mind 500 years. But you see where I'm going here. And I just want to challenge you this morning. You know, I want to ask myself and I want to ask yourself, what are you doing with your abilities, with your natural gifts that you may have since you were born or with the gifts you've received from God since you've become a Christian? We're told in the New Testament that each of us have spiritual gifts. But maybe they're, they're latent. Maybe you haven't uh, realised what, what they are and, and what, what you can do with them. I want to encourage you, you know, no matter where you're at on your spiritual journey, what gifts you've got, they need to be worked at. You know, nobody gets a gift fully packaged. Even if it's a, a gift of being a fantastic musician, they spend ages working at it, or a fantastic athlete, the spend ages working at it. Or if you receive a, a gift of, of prophecy or, or of healing or of prayer or of faith or of hospitality, you need to spend time working at it. But let me encourage you not to be a kind of person that thinks, I'm not going to respond to the call. I'm not going to respond to the call of God who's given me these gifts and I'm going to step out. You know, I was reading, uh, I, I use uh, Rick Warren's thoughts for the day. 
And I was reading Rick Warren's thoughts for the day on Wednesday this week. And at the end of it, he says this. God uses people who expect him to act, who never give up, who take risks in faith, who get his dream and go after it. It's your choice whether you want to be the kind of person God uses to accomplish his purpose. And I found that really challenging, you know, that Rick Warren was saying there. He's saying, you know, it's our choice whether we step up. It's our choice whether we get involved. We can be like some of these Israelites who chose not to take up the call and have missed out on being involved in the building of the tabernacle. Second point, I'm only going to make two points today, you'd be delighted to hear. But my second point uh, is in, in the, the, the second half of the passage read. I'm going to read to you chapter 36, verses 3 to 7. And I find this so funny, uh, just so amazing. So the um, the uh, I've got all the people there to start building the temple, uh, the sorry, the tabernacle. And uh, and Moses says to everybody, right, we need stuff. We need a whole lot. And he tells people all the things we need. And it says here in, in verse uh, uh, 3, they received from Moses all the offerings that the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary left their work and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because it already had more than enough to do all the work. Can you grasp that? The, the, the cry goes out to the Israelite nation. Please bring, and there's a whole list, you can read it in, in the passage yourself, a whole list of things people to bring, gold and material and fabrics and silver and coppers and all brass. And they bring so much stuff that the craftsmen aren't able to go on with the work because they're inundated with the gifts that the people are bringing. Now, this is the same people who just, you know, a few weeks earlier were built an idol. We're the same grumbling bunch. But now something has changed. Now, I can't say for sure because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what has changed. But I believe that what has changed is they've caught Moses' vision. Moses said to them, let's build tabernacle let's build this building which we will move when we move and god will be there and we will worship god there this will be the focus in the middle of of our, of our camp whenever we set up and the people said i love it amen amen and moses said let's bring some stuff so we can do this and he said okay and they gave and they gave and they gave and can you imagine that happening in 2021? Can you imagine any church in the world having that response? An appeal goes out to give or whatever it is. Can you imagine if Steve and myself said, listen, we're based on this situation and this COVID, as we get over this COVID, we want you to give for the homeless or give for the refugees in this case, we could tell. And the church gives so much 
so much clothing, so much toothpaste, so much toothpaste, so much everything that we've got to put an announcement on the internet, on the radio. Can the people of Southport stop bringing stuff? We cannot cope. We can't get into the church. There's too much. The church can't hold it. Or can you imagine if, it, you know, if we ask, ask for financial giving? We say, well, sorry, listen, we cannot spend the money. You know, our vision isn't big enough. Uh, stop giving us money. It just sounds crazy that that was the situation. But the people heard Moses cry, saw the vision he painted out, saw the picture and said, Amen. And on that broader point, I want to ask you where you stand without a vision. Do you believe in it? Do you know it? Are you behind it? If you're watching this and you're not committed to a local church, you're watching this because you like what we do at Christchurch, but you're not committed, I want to encourage you to start digging and find a local church. Find a vision in that in a church that you like and commit to it. You know, we are compelled, we are encouraged, we are required to commit to meet regularly with other Christians. That's how the church works. We are not meant to be in isolation. This has been such a tough time, you know, when we've been in isolation and potentially wandering about ourselves. And I cannot wait till be very soon, not long now before we're back, back together again. I want to encourage you to make sure that you're a part of a church where you are committed to fulfilling that vision. <clears throat> it's on that basis that we can influence others for Christ's benefit. And it's really exciting. We've heard this week about, about Boris's lockdown roadmap out of it. But I want you and I want myself not to be hanging about till lockdown ends, but excited about the job we've got to do now and after lockdown. This has been a weird time. There's no doubt about it. Probably the strangest year in all our lives, whether you be five or, or 85. Uh, but not only can we cope with it, we can thrive in this situation. People may want help. People may need help. And this has to be uh, a wilderness experience for some people, but not for all. We need to be a church that's relevant. A church that's filled with the Holy Spirit. A church with a desire to reach out to our community. You know, we as church leaders have a responsibility to set the vision. But as a church, we have the responsibility, all of us, to get on board. This event wasn't the end of the wilderness experience for the Israelites. They doubted again. They lost sight of God's promises again. They paid the consequences again. You know, I, I watched a, a video last week about a man who was talking about our place in history right now. And he encouraged us to reflect on the words of Esther. And the words were, you were born for such a time as this. And, I, and he mentioned that Moses was born for such a time as this, for his time. But we are born for now. God knew us before we were born. He knew our personalities, our characters, our strengths, our weaknesses. And we are here now, not by chance. And we have an opportunity to be God's chosen vehicles right now in 2021. That is exciting. 
We can, we can be involved in such a time as now for the extension of God's kingdom, for helping people through this crisis, through this disaster, through this COVID experience, to have hope, to have passion, to have expectation. I want to encourage us all to lift our heads above the parapets, to look beyond our short-term situation and realise our long-term situation. A long-term situation as prince and princesses of the Lord, of heirs and co-heirs, of part of his mighty army, of mighty warriors for God, of having a situation that nothing can separate us from the love of God, and a situation that wherever we go, we have God with us. And I want to encourage us to grab hold of our vision, like the Israelites did, and take that forward. This does not have to be any kind of wilderness experience for us. And we can help to make sure if others are going through a wilderness experience, we can draw them through it. So I've made two simple points today. One, how can you use your gifts, whatever they are, for God's purposes? Spend time working out what they are and how you can apply them for God's purposes. And secondly, have you bought in to our vision? The vision that we as a church are aiming towards. What is our vision? Are you ready to take your part in such time as now? Thank you.